Okay, well, we'll pick up where we left off. We're going to go back to 2 Kings. But before we do that, uh, I was I went over to, uh, I like to read all over the Bible and stuff. And, but anyway, but I always try to keep a gospel. No kidding. I've just, I don't know how I learned to do that, but uh, somebody must have told me at one point or another. But I always like to stay fresh with Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And I include the book of Acts in that because that actually gives you a, it's almost like having a video of, uh, uh, you know, getting to watch a movie of what Jesus did. And they're always chronologically laid out. It's beginning to end. But let's watch this in Matthew chapter 1, just, uh, just to pick this out. And, and think about all the stuff we know. I mean, your Old Testament now is, really your Bible is all one testament. I know it's covenant testament, but it's really one because it's one God and he's promised all these things to all of us. It's just total history, that other side of that book. So, all right, here we go. Matthew chapter 1. Look at this. These are the ancestors of Jesus Christ, a descendant of King David and Abraham. So he's going to show King David and Abraham who's David. Well, we figured that out. We know who David is. David and Goliath. He became king. And also, but look at this. It mentions Abraham. Which so When you pick up Abraham, you just authenticated or you just agreed, whatever. Somebody's saying the book of Genesis is correct. So let's back up here. Now, remember, now we're in America, and sometimes as, as uh, because we say, uh, we always like to say, I got red hair because I'm Irish or whatever. I don't know. Who knows? And the reason I don't know who knows is because we don't keep track of our genealogies. Oh, yes, I know. You can go out there right now and go to genealogy.com, whatever, all this kind of stuff. Yeah, right. Okay, I got it. But it's not as correct as when you were in Europe, you lived in that country, you never got out of that country. The, the Jews here, they were in their country. They didn't, except when they got exiled. And even then, they indicated they had to make sure their genealogies were correct. So anyway, so this one here is not a matter of they immigrated or whatever. They, this was, they, they got the records. Well, some, but I'm just saying that because sometimes today we think there's no such thing as records. You have no idea. They'll laugh. You have no idea. Yeah, they did. They really did. All right, here we go. These are the ancestors of Jesus Christ, a descendant of King David and Abraham. Abraham, he goes right back to Abraham to start with. Now remember, Abraham was about, uh, uh, let's see, he was about, to see, 10 and 10. He was about 20. There's 20 more uh, ancestors, whatever, uh, fathers all the way to Adam. Luke's Luke's genealogy, if you read the Gospel of Luke, beginning to end, it's chronological, in chapter uh, 3, they will have a genealogy that goes all the way back to Adam. Okay, so here we go. Abraham was the father of Isaac. We know enough Sunday school to go, yeah, that's right. Isaac was the father of Jacob. Jacob was the father of, here we go. Look, it makes sense. Remember, here's those 12 brothers. He was the father of Judah and his brothers. That's the reason they say in his brothers, the 12 tribes of Israel. Judah was the father of Perez and Zerah. This story is in the book of Genesis here. Notice it pulls out. It says Tamar was their mother. Yeah, that's because she dressed up as a harlot. Go read the story. Because she was mad at her father-in-law, Judah, because her husband had died. The next one he gave her, which was her husband's brother, he died. And Judah was holding back thinking, this girl's bad luck. <laughs> I'm not going to give you my other son because they've all been dying. But actually, the truth is, if you read the story, they were very wicked men. So it says Tamar was their mother. Perez was the father of Hezron. Hezron, the father of Aram. Seeing this easier instead of King James, begat, begat, begat. You might, you might not know, oh, you're putting me to sleep. No, the father of, we get it. Here we go. 
Aram was the father of Amenadab. Amenadab was the father of Nashon. Nashon was the father of Solomon. Solomon was the father of Boaz. Look at the phrase here. Rahab, Rahab, yeah, Rahab the harlot, uh, uh, was, was the mother. Boaz was the father of Obed. Watch this. Ruth was his mother. Why did they throw that in there? Because if you read the book of Luke, Luke, excuse me, Ruth, not Luke, the book of Ruth, such a short book. Everybody should be scholars and know that. There's so many wonderful things. That's the reason we ask about praise reports. And if we know each other in this room, which we do as friends, we're aware of all the good things the Lord's been doing for each other. That's all you see in the book of Ruth. You're just trailed with blessings. All right, here we go. Ruth was his mother. Obed was the father of Jesse. Look at this. Jesse was the father of King David. So he just showed from Abraham, went all the way down to David. All right. David was the father of Solomon. We know that. His son, Solomon. His mother was the widow of Uriah. Now, how do they know? This is, they did not have any email. They had nothing but what people remembered, and they wrote some things down. It's just amazing. We have the story of that. Because David, he got involved and he said, put this guy on the front line. Because David, you know, he committed adultery against this guy, of course, against the Lord. You know the story. All right. But nonetheless, look at this. Solomon still, he was the son uh, and became king. Solomon was the father. Now, this, this one part I really like about this is what we're looking in First and Second Kings, First and Second Chronicles, you're going to see the trail of these kings, and you can actually go, oh, these are the kings. Sometimes you have a brother to one of the, well, it's, it's, this, it's, it's one of the sons of the kings, but he's, uh, you know, he's from another wife or whatever because they always had several wives. But these track wonderfully. Watch this. Solomon was the father of Rehoboam. The kingdom members split up all crazy ways at that point. It divided, well, divided in two. Rehoboam was the father of Abijah. Abijah, the father of Asa. Asa was the father of Jehoshaphat. So you know stories about Jehoshaphat. You know stories about Asa. Asa was a good guy, but toward the end, he got, he got mad at the Lord. He got diseased in his feet, had feet problems, something, something happened, and he died. And remember, the scripture says, he wouldn't go to the Lord. Great Sunday school lessons. I'm like, well, I'm going to go to the Lord if I have feet problems. Yes, foot problems. Asa was the father of Jehoshaphat. That's him. You don't need to fight in this battle. But if you know your Bible, you'll go, wait a minute. I ain't supposed to fight in any of these. That is such a good answer. You caught on. That's right. The Lord will always fight for you. But remember, these kings were getting further and further away from the Lord. They got so far from the Lord that one of them, his, his high priest at the time, they were cleaning up in the temple and they found the Bible. <laughs> and when they read it, it scared them. Yeah. But remember, they got a prophet. And who was that prophet? It was the king's tailor's wife. She? Yes, she. She was a prophetess, and she told the king, don't worry, because you've humbled yourself. It's not going to get destroyed while you're here. It'll happen later. What a wonderful story. It's a great story about the mercy of God. And if we'll just all turn our hearts to him when you're in trouble... Don't worry about your sins. Just tell the Lord about them. All right, here we go. Jehoshaphat was the father of, of, of Jeho, uh, jo, Joram. Joram was the father of Uzziah. Uzziah, I saw the Lord. He is high. Isaiah was present at this time. You see that in Isaiah chapter 7 or 8, something like that. 6. Uzziah was the father of Jotham. Jotham was the father of... Uh, now, this doesn't go on forever, okay? We've already got to King David from Abraham. Watch this. He was the father of Ahaz. Ooh, we heard about him. Ahaz was the father of Hezekiah. His stories are mentioned in the book of Isaiah because Isaiah came to his house one time and said, Hezekiah, 
Sorry to tell you this, but you're going to die. Huh. But remember that story? Hezekiah cried. He went to the Lord and said, Lord, I've tried to serve you all my life. You know, and before Isaiah could get out of the parking lot, the Lord said, go back and give him 15 more years. Tell him I said that gave him 15 more years. Watch how far the kingdom goes to pot. Hezekiah was the father of Manasseh. What a wicked son. Threw his kids to the fire. Oh, man. Manasseh was the father of Amos. Amos, the father of Josiah. A good guy, buddy. Wow. Josiah was the father of Jeconiah and his brothers born at the time of the jump back. The exile to Babylon. Remember, they had no contact with each other. They wrote these things down. They had royal historians. Wow. They've got this genealogy from Abraham to David. David to the exile, because that's what they're going to say at the end of this genealogy. The, after the exile, yeah, remember they came back to Jerusalem again. That's where your Nehemiah and Ezra comes in. All right, Jeconiah was the father of Shelte. Oh, let me show you this. These guys were born at the time of the exile to Babylon. So there you go, Nebuchadnezzar, the same story, Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. How can all this stuff track when they didn't have a um, proper way to, they didn't have a Smithsonian? I mean, let's tell you, do not put your trust in the Smithsonian. That just because they, they play music or the Discovery Channel, man, they're not out there to help you. They'll help you just a little bit, but man, they, want, they have their own story. And they don't believe any of this, that's for sure. They'd rather not tell you any of this. They'd rather just throw doubt on all this. Remember, if the Bible's not true and you ask the questions about yourself, who am I? Guess what? You're nobody. You're nobody. Matter of fact, you might be part of the problem and we need to eliminate you because we've got too many people in the earth. No, you're created in the Lord's image. You're created in God's image. You're beautiful, wonderfully created. Yeah. Yeah, and if God made us, then we got to find out what he wants with us. Yeah, find out. You know, he's left us some great instructions. All right, Shilta, Shilti was the father of Zerubbabel. Hey, we've heard of him. Yep, Zerubbabel was the father of Abihud. Abihu was the father of Elikim. Elikim was the father of Azar, speeding up Azar, father of Zadok. Zadok, father of Achim. Achim, father of Eliud. Now, remember, these are all generations. His dad, his dad, his dad, his dad. Just happened to be one long bloodline here. Eliud was the father of Eliezer. Here we go now. Eliezer, the father of Mathan. Mathan, the father of, look at this, Jacob's, the different Jacob's, just like John. How many people do you know named John? Okay. Jacob was the father of Joseph, who was the husband of Mary, the mother of Jesus, the Messiah. Now watch this. This really helps us. There are 14, what's he talking about? Generations. All these are generations. It's just your dad, your dad, your dad, your dad, your dad, just in a straight line. They were born, they were born, they were born, they were born. There's great, 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 however many, 42, whatever you could say. 14 generations, look at this, from Abraham to David, they just showed that, and then 14 from King David to, it's going to say, to the exile, because that happened, that was King Nebuchadnezzar, exiled, and then 14 more from the exile to Christ or to Jesus. Wow. What great history. Now, we're not going to keep going here. The rest of it is Jesus is fixing to be born. But that's very important data there uh, in that story they felt like concerning Jesus. So let's go back to where we were at in 2 Kings here. And uh, let's see. I believe we were, we're at 11. Okay, yeah, that's right. Because Athaliah, remember, she had all her sons, the little, the little uh, grandson. No, let's see, that'd be grandsons to her. She had them all killed, okay? So she could be the big cheese. But anyway, uh, she got killed, okay? 
So let's see, Joash, they saved him. Remember, he was just seven years old. Anyway, so at the end of this book here, chapter 11, this is 2 Kings chapter 11, uh, she got what was coming to her. Because remember, she was, she was kin to Jezebel in the other part of the Israel, Israel, the whole country. Remember, you had Israel and you had Judah. Okay, so everyone was happy and the city settled back into quietness after Athaliah's death. Yes, Joash was seven years old when he began to, began to be king. Now, remember, he's king of Judah, just one little tribe. I think they still had Benjamin. So the other part of the country was quite bigger. Uh, the other 10 tribes. All right, here we go. Chapter 12. It was seven years after Jehu had become king of Israel that Joash became king of Judah. Now, remember, we already seen Joash in the genealogy over there. He reigned in Jerusalem for 40 years. His mother was Zibiah from Beersheba. All his life, Joash did what was right because Jehoiada the high priest had instructed him. Yet even so, he didn't destroy. So see, there's some things going on he still didn't take care of. But nonetheless, let's, let's get the history here because that's what it's here for. He didn't destroy the shrines on the hill. The people still sacrificed and burned incense there. Now, remember when you've read your Bible, they get out, they get out of Egypt. They're on the way to the promised land. God gave them instructions about this, 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 this. And be sure when you get to the Holy Land that you do this and you worship at Jerusalem only. That's why they're saying they were still doing these things up in the hills. One day, King Joash said to Jehoiada, the temple needs, uh, uh, the building needs repairing. Now, Jehoiada, remember, he's the high priest. Uh, whenever anyone brings a contribution to the Lord, whether it's a regular assessment or some special gift, use it to pay for whatever repairs are needed. Now, remember, I always like to say, what's the spiritual significance? Well, see, we, the, truly the real spiritual significance here that we see in a lot of places in the Bible, it's history. It happened. Now, when you know what happened, then you can place yourself in it and see all the things, because the Lord's here to help. There's where your spiritual significance is. Notice what Joash did. Was he doing the right thing, thinking about we need to make the temple? Oh, we need to fix it up? Yes, his heart was with the Lord, wasn't he? You know, some people think that, well, we don't need to make things beautiful. We don't need to dress up uh, and, and look nice for the Lord. And it's, it's not a good, it doesn't leave the right impression. Oh, yes, it does. You've got to correct yourself on that. Man, God wants you looking sharp. He does. He does. See, even, even uh, John the Baptist was not. He was not covered with fleas and stuff. That's ridiculous. He just was eating locusts and wild honey and lived out there. And was, it was amazing how the Lord took care. And, and he was a sight to see. He was not a flea bag. Good grief. Anyway, but in the 20th year, look at this, in the 23rd year of his reign. Now, wait a minute. He was seven. So we could say he's almost 30 now because he was seven when he started. So he would be. The temple was still in disrepair. So Joash called for Jehoiada and the other priests and asked them, why haven't you done anything about the temple? Now, don't use any more of the money for your own needs. Well, see, that's what was happening, okay? Watch what he says, dude. From now on, it must all be spent on getting the temple in good condition. Man, you know, it had to be in lousy condition. Well, if you remember, if you've been reading about his granddaddy and his great-granddaddy and all these others, they had just really just did some terrible things in that, uh, in that temple. Matter of fact, we read uh, Ezekiel. Remember, Ezekiel was a priest's son. Ezekiel the prophet. He was just a priest's son. When you become a prophet, it's just the Lord just tells you what's going on. That's what's going on. God transported Ezekiel. It's such great stories. I don't know why we didn't get these in Sunday school. I should have had these. But anyway, Ezekiel, God, 
he was in, he, remember, Ezekiel was in Babylon at the time because they're exiled. God picked Ezekiel up, shoo, just like Star Trek, dropped him in the temple and said, see what's going on here. They went down in the basement and there was all kind of snakes and different symbols and stuff on all the walls. It was horrible, all the stuff in there. And all these people were worshiping it. And the women were in there worshiping a female God in the Lord's temple and crying because they couldn't have kids. Now think about that. Moses promised them that there would be not one woman that cannot have kids. And here they are begging these no gods to help them when our God takes care of everything. Here we go. So the priest set up a special fund to repair that uh, would not go through their hands, lest it be diverted to care for their personal needs. Jehoiada the priest bored a hole in the lid of a large chest and set it on the right side of the altar of the temple entrance. Man, I tell you, somebody must have been writing this down. Yes, they were. Richard, still, don't you think that it's probably just made up? No, I don't. I don't. Uh-uh. The doorkeepers put all the people's contributions into it. Whenever the chest became full, the king's financial secretary, well, remember, they're all apes. We all came from apes. Did not. Who is telling you that? Ridiculous. Just think a minute. Think how far back do we see hieroglyphics or any kind of writings and stuff? Guess what? It's at the Bible time frame. You don't find things, well, we uncovered 14 billion years ago, handwriting. No, you didn't. Besides that, that would mess up your timetable. They think they're so smart. Now the Bible says they're fools. Okay. So the king's financial secretary and the high priest counted it and put it in the bags and gave it to the construction superintendents to pay the carpenters, stonemasons, quarrymen, timber dealers. You could tell right there, they're going to do some serious upgrades here. Stone merchants and to buy the other materials needed to repair the temple of the Lord. Look at this. It was not used to buy silver cups, gold snuffers, bowls, trumpets, and similar articles. But let me scroll down here. Uh, 2 Kings chapter 12. Look at here at verse 15. Only for the repairs of the, of the building. No accounting. Look at this. No accounting was required from the construction superintendents, for they were honest and faithful men. We pointed this out, I think, last week because we read part of this. However, the money that was contributed for guilt offerings and sin offerings was given to the priests for their own use. It was not put into the chest. Now, remember, part of that, if you go back and look, that's because it's holy. It, these offerings are holy. I mean, Jesus, when he died for us, that... It, <laughs> I know if we don't understand it, I can understand that. But, boy, I'm telling you, when he died, he died. He died for your sins. Don't ever say, well, it's not good enough. Oh. Remember, there's a scripture in, in Hebrews says they count the blood of the covenant an, un, an unholy thing. <laughs> it's holy. It took care of you. Anyway, about this time, King Hazia of Syria went to war against Gath. All right, that's a, that's a place north of him, I believe, whatever it is. But I know Syria is north of them. And he moved on toward Jerusalem to attack it. King Joash took all the sacred objects that his ancestor Jehoshaphat, that's his dad, remember that? Jehoram, Ahaziah, kings of Judah, had dedicated along with what he himself had dedicated, all the gold and the treasures of the temple of the, of the palace, and sent it to Ahaziah. So Ahaziah called off the attack. He paid him off. And unfortunately, he took a lot of stuff out of the temple. So you could say right here, at this time of his life, he trusted in his wallet to take care of it because other kings said, you know what, I got to have some help. And, and obviously, too, they probably thought they, wouldn't, they couldn't pay these guys off. They turned to the Lord and the Lord helped them. Anyway, but notice 19, the rest of the history of Joash. What? Is that all we got? Yeah. You can see more in Second Chronicles. I believe Second Chronicles has got more details about this guy. But anyway, the rest of the history of Joash is recorded in the annals of the kings of Judah. 
But his officers plotted against him and assassinated him. Oh, poor guy. Yeah. Man, they took him out, didn't they? They assassinated him in his royal residence at Milo on the road to Sila, whatever. The assassins were, look at the head, their names. Jazakar, son of Shemita, Joazabad, son of Shomer, both, look at that, trusted aides. Boy, I can tell this is historical writing, isn't it? He was buried in the royal cemetery in Jerusalem, and his son Amaziah became the new king. Now, remember, we saw the genealogy. These are, you're on your way to Jesus here, you know. Jehoahaz, the son of Jehu, began a 17-year reign over Israel. Now, remember, this is, well, there, let me just finish the sentence. During the 23rd year of the reign of King Joash. So see how they're showing North Kingdom, South Kingdom, and who's king. But he was an evil king. Now, who are we tracking here? Jehoahaz, the son of Jehu. Now, we, just, we were just looking at Joash. So now he's talking about Jehoahaz, the other kingdom. Okay. Now, remember, that's where Elijah and Elisha were basically working up in that area because the kings of Jerusalem actually were pretty, they were pretty good kings. We just saw one, Joash. But he was an evil king and followed the wicked paths of Jeroboam, watch this, who had caused Israel to sin. That was that northern group. He was the one that put up the stupid cows. This is the God that took you from Egypt. Moo. Can you believe that? He was an evil king who followed the wicked paths of Jeroboam who caused Israel to sin. So the Lord was very angry with Israel, and he continually allowed King Hazia of Syria and his son Ben-Hadad to work on him. I mean, boy, the Lord was behind that. All right, Jehoahaz, but watch this. Now, the, oh, the, the history is so good, but look at this. And even when you're so stupid, just turn to the Lord. I remember reading some stuff in Jeremiah, and Jeremiah's pleading with him, and he said, look, if you guys would just stop. He said, I'm sure the Lord will be merciful and stop this. They wouldn't do it. They go, we're going to worship the sun God, and that's it. Jehoahaz, look at this. He prayed for the Lord's help, and the Lord listened to him. Somebody said, well, he just listened to him that time. Man, you need to do it no matter what. Don't do it in front of men. You get in your closet. I read that this week. In Matthew, you pray to your father in secret. Well, that's not going to work because there's no God. You just have to show people. And then people see that not. Quit reason. Don't trust to your own understanding. Lean not to your own understanding. Act like he's there. Look at your own body. Where did I come from? And quit saying, you know, the scientists say that I'm just. No, you're not. They have no proof. They try to say evolution. They'll show They'll show changes inside species. Well, that's what the Bible said. They're, we're all going to come from the, the kind. You're, it's still a cat. A cat's never going to become a dog, just not. But you can have big cats, short cats, long-haired cats. No, no. It's, they try to say it's evolution. No, it's not. Here we go. Uh, for the Lord saw how terribly the king of Syria was oppressing Israel. So the Lord raised up uh, leaders among the Israelis to rescue them from the tyranny of the Syrians. Let me stop here just a second. I was quoting a verse from Matthew. I was just watching the Lord speak. And in Matthew, the, the Beatitudes, whatever. And it says, pray to your father in secret. And he also says, he knows what you have need of before you ask him. He, he knows your trouble. And it's not like, well, I know Laura needs this, but really, she needs. No, nah, nah, don't go there. You'll never go to prayer anymore. That's not what he's saying. He will get you your need. Bring it to him. Don't quit. All right, uh, how terribly the kings of Syria was oppressing Israel. So the Lord raised up leaders. This is like judges. He always does this. Among the Israelis, <laughs> I'll tell you 
what? We just don't have those stories. Some big shot got in there somewhere like Goliath, except it wasn't at this point, and they rescued them from the tyranny of the Syrians. You never know what those guys were. You're going to find out when you get to heaven. You'll get to talk to these guys. One of them be like, you get, aren't you going to be excited to go talk to uh, Samson someday? And Samson will tell you, I have no idea other than it was God because there's no way. I could not work out enough to have that kind of strength. And you'll say, well, you ever heard of Hercules? And he'll go, never heard of Hercules. <laughs> well, in my day, we had stories about a guy named Hercules and I always watched his show and whatever. Oh, wow. And, and old, old Samson would say, that's basically what was happening to me. Man. So anyway, uh, but they can, look at this. They continued, but they, uh, here we go. Uh, oh yeah, here we go. And Israel lived in safety again as they had in the former days. So in other words, he prayed, God helped them, they're in safety. But look at this, but they continued to sin. Well, Richard, don't we all sin? Well, yeah, but this is what he's talking about. Following the evil ways of Jeroboam, they continued to worship the goddess of Asherah in Samaria. It's the goddess of fertility, I think, or whatever. I mean, they literally were, were worshiping this. Okay. Finally, the Lord reduced Jehoahaz's army to about 50 mounted troops. <laughs> that's pretty wimpy. Uh, 10 chariots, that's very wimpy. And 10,000 infantry, man. For the kings of Syria had destroyed the others as though they were dust beneath his feet. Now, remember the Lord said, yeah, you've had it because you're going to worship other gods. Forget being victorious. Oh, and there's the end. The rest of the history of Jehoahaz is recorded in the Annals of the Kings. Notice it's the kings of Israel. The other book is called the Kings of Judah. Jehoahaz died. He was buried in Samaria. Jesus never mentioned anything about it. Yeah, he did too. The woman at the well. He's right on all this. And his son Joash reigned in Samaria for 16 years. Now, what's interesting here, Jehoahaz and Joash, we just say, well, we just had a Joash. That's right. A lot of times, sometimes you'll have the same name for a king in the lower, or whatever, in, in Israel and in Judah. All right, here we go. He, became, he came to the throne in the 37th year. See how they measure this? Of the reign of Joash of Judah. Man, I'll tell you, they had these... To me, you knew this stuff was tracking. Mm. Abraham's son was Isaac. Isaac was Jacob. Jacob was Judah. Judah was whatever. Amenadab. Here we go. But he was an evil man. Whoa, look at that same type, like Jeroboam again. He encouraged, now who are we talking about? We're, we're looking at, we're still in the, the kings of Israel here. Uh, he encouraged the people. Man, I tell you what, it's I have decided to follow Jesus. And we tell people about it. Remember, if you confess me before men, I'll confess you before my father which is in heaven. Look what they were doing. He was saying, hey, it's okay. Worship these things. Just like Nebuchadnezzar. If you don't bow down, you're going to burn. <laughs> That's my image, and you bow down to it. Shadrach, Meshach, Bendigo had learned a hard lesson. They go, we ain't bowing anymore. And we've also found out if we don't bow, we're not going to burn. Isaiah had said that. The rest of the history of Joash, including his wars with King Amaziah of Judah, are written in the annals of the kings of Israel. Joash died and was buried in Samaria and the other kings with the other kings of Israel, and Jeroboam II became the new king. Wow, so this Jeroboam didn't last long at all. All right. I mean, not Jeroboam, what was his name? Uh, Jehoahaz. Uh, no, wait a minute. Yeah, Jehoahaz died buried. Oh, it was Joaz. Joash didn't last long at all. He was like his great, 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 great Jeroboam granddad. And now there's going to be a Jeroboam II. 
Look at this. Now, remember, it doesn't jump out and go, well, this is all changed. This is new story, new myths and legends, new spiritual story. No. When Elijah was in his last illness, remember, he had a double portion. Some people go, well, they're just closed-minded. They don't read. They just listen to preachers all day long. They're not reading the book and stuff. And they go, well, wait a minute. I've got to have an explanation. How come Elijah's sick? Come on. He's just old. I remember I, I got to get a little bit of a, a, well, I saw something from John Osteen. He was an old man. Remember, Joel Osteen is, is the younger fellow that's taking up that ministry. But I remember John Osteen, he was fixing to pass away. I remember he, couldn't, he was in bad shape, but he's just like, you and I, we're trying to preach healing and gospel all the time. But someone asked him, and he just, all he said was, he said, the, the, uh, the, the mercy of the Lord endures forever. Just hold on. Just the mercy of the Lord endures forever. We, we're not in our glorified bodies. Elijah was not in his glorified body either. I know something coming. I'll just shut up. But remember, this guy had a double portion. Well, I'm going to tell it to you. Okay, he's going to die, okay? But there's a story here. But he's going to die. His bones are going to be laying somewhere. Then there's a couple of guys are, are trying to bury their friend. And all of a sudden, they look up, and here comes the Indians. I mean, just saying cowboys. Man, they're under attack. They took their friend and just threw him in this hole. And Elijah's bones were in there. When his bones, when he landed on those bones, his friend, boom, come back to life again. And it's in this book. Uh, did it not happen? Yes, it happened. There's too many crazy things. I don't want to say crazy, but it, well, it seems like it. How could this not be historical record? It is. It is. Here we go. So, Elijah in his last illness, King Joash visited him and wept over him. Now, who's, who is this? This is Joash. Okay, so this is, this is going to be in Israel where they got lousy kings. Okay. And he's, remember they know about, remember they know, here's another point about they knew who Elijah and Elijah was. Of course, Elijah, where's Elijah? Caught up in the whirlwind. That's the reason Jesus said, remember that? Well, they say Elijah is supposed to come first before the Messiah. Remember what Jesus did? He said, said, he said he did. And you know how they treated him? And he was referring to John the Baptist. All right. But Elijah's still down here on the earth. Getting old. Okay. Anyway, so this king, visited, he wept over him. My father, my father, you're the strength of Israel, he cried. Look what he said. See, he knew where who buttered their bread. It was the Lord. Look what Elijah said. Get a bow and some arrows. Now, remember, I remember from what we knew already that Elijah sure got a rough side. He's, it's okay. So what? Open that eastern window, he instructed. Then he told the king to put his hand on the bow and... Uh, and Elijah laid his own hands on the king's hands. So he's trying to shoot it. It's like a little boy or whatever. Except now these are grown men. And Elisha's holding that bow too. And boy, he, phew, shoot, Elijah commanded. And he did. All right. What happened next? Elisha proclaimed, this is the Lord's arrow full of victory over Syria. You will completely conquer the Syrians as Aphek. Now pick up the other arrows and strike them against the floor. So he didn't have to shoot again. He just wanted him to throw them to the floor. So the king picked up them and struck, uh, struck the floor three times. But the prophet, <laughs> he was angry with him. <laughs> you should have struck the floor five or six times. Well, give or take, whatever. He didn't. But let's just see what the prophet said. For now, uh, for then you would have beaten Syria until they were entirely destroyed. Now you will be victorious only three times. So there's the end of it. Elisha died and was buried. Hmm. Wonder if that story actually happened. 
Well, they thought it was worthwhile to put it in some historical record. Oh, here it is. <laughs> he was buried. In those days, bandits of Moabites. Remember, it's just like the Apaches. Do you really want to go around and say, well, I don't believe the Apaches ever lived here. I don't believe there was never any redskins. Oh, how stupid. You're going to do that. Moabites. That's Lot's daughter's kids. Remember Lot's daughters had sex with him, whatever, and one of them, the Moabs, the other was the Ammonites. There we go. Anyway, so the Moabites used to invade the land each spring. Once some men who were burying a friend spied the marauders, so they hastily threw his body in the tomb of Elijah. <laughs> Again. Really? Yeah. And as soon as the body touched Elijah's bones, the dead man revived and jumped to his feet. Now, wait a minute. I remember reading in the book of Acts. Well, I remember hearing about Jesus. There was a woman, remember that? If I can just touch the hem of his garment, okay. Then you have in the book of Acts, the shadow of Peter. And then we have, at the very tail end of the book of Acts, we have Paul, cloths were taken from, from, from Paul and laid on sick people, and they recovered. Whoa. So don't think your hands don't matter when you get to go visit somebody who's in a coma or sick or whatever or your grandkids or whoever. And you're trying to give somebody who don't believe in nothing or whatever, and they don't want to hear you talk about Jesus. Oh, just get close to them. Go in there and get a napkin and, and, then, and then pass out napkins. And that third napkin, you just, you just kissed or whatever. Put it down for so-and-so. Look at that. And who was these, who were, who were these guys? Who? You know, it didn't matter. They threw his body in the tomb of Elijah. As soon as the body touched Elijah's, Elijah's bones, the dead man revived. Golly. Woo. Nothing so unusual about that. The disciples raised the dead. Jesus raised the dead. Good grief. Book of Acts, they did it. King Ahaziah of Syria had oppressed Israel until the entire, no, during the entire reign of King Jehoahaz. But the Lord was gracious to the people of Israel, and they were not totally destroyed. Now, remember why he, he prayed for the Lord's help. For God pitied them, he tells you so. And he also, look at this. Look at this. Jump back away from this. He was also honoring his contract with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Look, look at that. You're reading this and you almost spit up your coffee. And it's still true. You could say, Lord, it's still true for me. I was listening to Phil Driscoll last night sing a song that was Covenant Children, you know. And I remember I was listening, I've listened to that stuff years and years and years ago. And I knew when I was listening to it, I knew the next part of that verse. And, I, and, and, and I'm in covenant with, with Abraham with the blessings of Abraham. And they're still mine. They are. They're still yours. Otherwise, you might as well rip out the whole front part of your Bible, all the stuff in the Old Testament. It's yours. Anyway, then King Hazaz of Syria, Syria died. His son Ben-Hadad reigned in his place. You know, this is so hard for the atheists or whatever, the anti-Bible people, whoever it is, to try to say Israel was not even here. Because these guys were. That guy was. Who are they fighting with? No, themselves? Mm -mm. King Joash of Israel, the son of Jehoahaz, was successful on three occasions in conquering the cities that his father had lost to Ben-Hadad. Why? Because Elisha had just said, you'll conquer him three times. I think it's what the next verse says. Well, no, it didn't right there. Okay. All right, we'll finish up right here. During the second reign of King Joash of Israel, so we're still talking about him, 
King Amaziah began to reign uh, over Judah. Amaziah was 25 years old at the time, and he reigned in Jerusalem for 29 years. His mother was Jehoadan, a native of Jerusalem. He was a good king in the Lord's sight. And I want to point out here, too, you hear Samaria and you hear Jerusalem. So that's where your two capitals are. Okay. He was a good king. Oh, whoa, really? Maybe something we don't know. No, you do. He tells you. He was a good king in the Lord's sight. Though not quite like his ancestor David, but he was a good king as far as, uh, excuse me, he was, a good, he was good as a king as his father, Joash. Remember, Joash was the one that said, hey, get the temple in repair. What's up with that? Ah, but he did the same thing his daddy had done. However, he didn't destroy the shrines on the hills, so the people still sacrificed and burned incense there. As soon as he had a firm grip on the kingdom, he killed the men who had assassinated his father. So we read about that. We had their names. So I'm going to get you. I don't care if you were his trusted aides. Look at this. Watch this. But he didn't kill their children. Now, remember, this is not like spiritual stuff here because it's not written that way. It's a historical book, but look at the point they pull out. He didn't kill their children. Look at this. For the Lord, this is what was instructed in, uh, for, in Moses that the Lord said. The Lord had commanded, here it goes, through the law of Moses, that the fathers shall not be killed for their children, nor their children for the sins of their fathers. Everyone must pay the penalty for his own sins. Wow. Once Amaziah killed 10,000 Edomites in the Salt Sea. Edomites, there's those Apaches again, or Chickasaw, Choctaw. Edomites, they were, remember, just to, to keep it fresh, just to know, whoa, who are they? Are they, that was, remember, there was two brothers, Jacob and Esau, and they loved each other. You remember how that story turned out? But the blessing went with Jacob, the, the Lord's blessed, but the Lord blessed Esau as well, because Esau said so. Esau, that word Edomites, Edom means red stuff. He traded his birthright for some porridge or whatever. It's red stuff. That's where it comes. So that's his descendants. That's all that is. And boy, they really got way away from what their daddy or great, great, great ancestor was. Anyway, they were lousy. But if you'll remember, when they came out of Egypt, the Lord wouldn't let them attack the Edomites because that was, Jay, that, was, that was basically Abraham's, let's see, Isaac, Jacob. That was his grandson's descendants from Esau. <laughs> it's really kind of cool to see this. So when you see that, you go, Wait, Lord, whoa, 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 whoa. You didn't let anything bad happen to them because they were descendants. Yes, then quit worrying about your grandkids. Trust me about your grandkids. Remember, Abraham went to the Lord about Sodom and Gomorrah uh, you wouldn't destroy that if there was 50, right? It didn't matter what he named. God got them out of there, and he'll get your grandkids out. Great-grandkids. We put numbers on it. Well, he won't do it for three generations. Don't dare put a limit on God. Look what he did. Now, at this time, boy, the Edomites had it. Hmm. Here we go. Once Amaziah killed 10,000 Edomites in the Salt Valley. He also conquered Selah and changed its name to Jokthil, as it is called to this day. So apparently... Whatever was written at this time, this is what was recorded. One day, he sent a message to King Joash of King, uh, Joash, excuse me, King Joash of Israel, the son of Jehoahaz, the grandson of Jehu. Boy, they let you know who it is, don't they? Yeah, daring him to mobilize his army and come out and fight. But King Joash, remember, he Joash is, is uh, Samaria. The thistle of Lebanon demanded the mighty of the mighty cedar, "Give me your daughter to be a wife for my son." But just then, an animal walked by and. <laughs> Stepped on him. <laughs> yeah. This stuff makes so much sense. I mean, look, isn't it pretty obvious? We could have come up with that. Stepped on the thistle and trod it to the ground. 
He said, well, you've destroyed Edom and you're proud of it, but my advice to you is be content with your glory and stay at home. Why provoke disaster for both you yourselves, for both yourself and Judah? But Amaziah refused to listen. So King Joash of Israel mustered his army. The battle began at Beth Shemesh, one of the cities of Judah. And Judah was defeated. Oh, brother, man. King Amaziah was captured and much of the, much of the army of Israel marched on no, and the army of Israel marched on to Jerusalem, broke down the walls. Boy, they just took over, didn't they? From the gate of Ephraim and, the, and to the corner gate at a distance of about 600 feet. Now, there's a sister book that records some more details here. And if you remember this story, they were going to march off a bunch of slaves, and they're their own brothers. They're Abraham's kids. And they on their way back, they met the prophet, and the prophet said, do you really want to do this? <laughs> and they, it was so funny that the the people of Israel said, we're in enough trouble as it is. I think you're right. <laughs> and they let them go. They sent them back. All right, anyway, you can find that story for yourself. Uh, let's see. King Joash, yeah. King Joash took, took, look at this. He took many hostages and the gold and silver from the temple, palace treasures, also took the gold cups, and he returned to Samaria. All right. The rest of the history of Joash and his war with King Amaziah of Judah, they're recorded in the annals of the kings of Israel. When Joash died, he was buried in Samaria. My point is, why would they even, if you're making this stuff up, who's going to read it? You're just lying. No, they, they were lying. His son Jeroboam became the new king. Wow. All right. Amaziah lived 15 years longer than Joash, and the rest of his, bio, uh, rest of his biography is recorded in the annals of the kings. I think this is the kings of Judah, isn't it? This one? Yeah. There was a plot against his life in Jerusalem. He fled to Lachish. Well, they had the CNN report, didn't they? Yeah. Or Fox News, whatever. Here we go. But the enemy sent assassins and killed him there. His body was returned, and you can guess he was buried in the royal cemetery, okay, in Jerusalem. The city of David, section of Jerusalem. Then his son Azariah became the new gate at the king became the new king at the age of sixteen. After his father's death, he built Elath and restored it to Judah. Meanwhile, over in Israel, see how it works? Meanwhile, over in the other part of the country. Israel, Jeroboam II, who's a crazy guy, became king during the 15th year of the reign of Amaziah of Judah. Jeroboam's reign lasted 41 years. But look at that. He was as evil as Jeroboam I, the son of Nebat, who had Israel to sin by what? Worshiping other gods. I mean, think about it. The Ten Commandments. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. That's just, yeah, but Lord, I got to have, I got to. No, he has everything you need. It's the greatest thing when a Christian, when we realize that everything I need is in Jesus Christ. Really. Don't ask the pastor about it. Go get it from the Lord. That's why when you read about Jesus, he says, pray this way. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Then he says, give us this day our, think about that, daily bread. And he also says, you also got daily deliverance. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Praise God. Some people think it's just, he's only there if you're going to, you know, see something that you shouldn't lust after. Oh, what friend you have in Jesus? Good grief. You would never think he was a friend if that's what you thought. But that's not true. As we see here, it's every part of your life. Okay. All right. Let's pick up. This is the end of this, this chapter. We're stopping right here. Watch this. Oh, uh, okay. So this guy, he, he led all these people into worship still. Jeroboam II recovered the lost ter territories of Israel between Hamath and the Dead Sea, just as the Lord God of Israel had, look at this, the Lord God of Israel had predicted through, uh, who might that be? <laughs> Jonah. 
son of Amittiah, the prophet from Gath Hefer. See, if you don't put your Bible together yourself, you'll think, well, who believes that book of John? There he was. And obviously we know that he prophesied. Uh, matter of fact, remember the city that he, he didn't want to go to, it's reason he ran, it was Nineveh. That was like one of Nebuchadnezzar's favorite fronts. I'm not helping those clowns. <laughs> and God said, if I want to show mercy to them, it's my business. Man, Jonah didn't want no part of it, but he wound up doing it anyway, didn't he? But notice how it was thrown in. Jeroboam II recovered the lost territories of Israel between Hamath and the Dead Sea, just as the Lord God of Israel had predicted through Jonah, the son of Amittai. Now, we don't have that prediction. We just have the other part of the book of Jonah because that's not in there, which makes sense. And if you know anything about prophecy, we're not writing down everything everybody says. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of stuff that was said. We don't have it all. For the Lord saw the bitter plight of Israel. Uh, she had no one to help her. I wonder if he sees you when you think you hadn't got any hope. Of course. And he had, and he had, let's see, and he had not said that he would blot out, look at that, the name of Israel. Did he ever say he's going to blot your name out? So he used King Jeroboam. Yeah, and even though this guy was a clown, look at that. So do you see, even though the king was a clown, the Lord used this guy to help make your life safe, to save her. The rest of Jeroboam's biography, all that he did, his great power, his wars, how he recovered Damascus and Hamath, remember how he recovered that, was because the Lord used it just like he was Gideon or, as we mentioned already, some of those judges. Wow. Anyway, all those which had been captured by Judah uh, is recorded in the annals of the kings of Israel. When Jeroboam II died, he was buried with the other kings of Israel. His son Zechariah became the new king of Israel. I will stop right there. Interesting. Praise the Lord. Father, we thank you for your word today. We thank you that you've made it all, laid it out, what happened back in those days and what people were doing in reference to acknowledging you or not. And we know better. We acknowledge you. So, Father, Lord, if we're not feeling good today in our bodies, we just, your mercy endures forever. Take care of our bodies. Even though whatever stage of our age is, it doesn't matter. You keep us well, Lord. Keep us safe. Help us with pain, whatever. Get rid of it for us. Lord, the same thing's true financially. Whatever's hurting us financially, Lord, get rid of it. Help us. Cause us to recover. Cause us to be blessed. You promised you would. You said you caused the rain to fall on the just and the unjust. So we got it, Lord. We trust you. And Lord, if it's not that, it's something else, some other great problem, whatever it could be, Lord, you are our helper and we know better. We're asking you for help. So Lord, that doesn't leave anything left but for us to tell others about what great things you keep doing for us as we tell them about Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Amen, yeah. Praise the Lord.